how cool is it that I had that person on the podcast as opposed to so many people are going to reach out to Matt Frazier and Tia Tomi and like want to, you know, talk to the elite and talk to the outliers. And I want to talk to the outliers who are like doing really cool shit and who might not be the best at their sport, but like are really cool people and just doing interesting things. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform. That Gosh, man, that was... It's a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. How are the pancakes? <laughs> they were good. What'd you have? Well, I we ran out of the vanilla protein, so we only had the Friends with Benefits. And I was like, oh... I don't really like that one, but it ended up being okay. They kind of tasted like normal pancakes. I really didn't taste the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Do you taste chocolate or no? Not really. You don't like the chocolate pancakes? No. I would eat chocolate everything <laughs> if I could. Yeah, they're. I love their earth-fed muscle. I always think about uh, Dane like having so many different projects. Like They just have earth-fed muscle, and it's like, it kind of sells itself. Yeah. It, it's so good. Yeah, that's that must be stressful having like multiple businesses. It, they're all kind of in the same area, but they're all different things like supplements and YouTube and like they're all t- in the same wheelhouse. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it all takes a different skill set. And so I guess he has a lot of people helping him, too. I know like Jake is helping out. Yeah, true. That's um, when I was listening to the podcast with Seb, the guy from Weightlifting House, he was saying the biggest thing that you can do, he was like, you can grow a business by yourself. Like it's only going to grow to a certain point. He said, like, if you want to do content, you can pretty much do that on your own up to a certain point. But when you do start to grow, the most important thing is finding the right people, finding employees. And so obviously you can't do everything on your own, but he was saying like how tough that was to actually find people. And then you have to also find people who are good at what they do, but also who are going to be as passionate about your business as you are, which is damn near impossible to do. But he was saying somebody, so I think they interviewed, they interviewed a couple people and he said, um, the one girl like flew across, I don't know if she flew, but she came across the country to interview and the other guy just did it from home. And he said they picked the girl who came in person. But for, for who was this for? The interview was her? Weightlifting house. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she ended up getting the job. I'm sure she was like good. They were both good, but they said because the one guy didn't come in person that they were like, we're not going to hire you. Yeah. I mean, that's a big ask though to come across the country but if she chose to do that then good for her yeah i would definitely want to find something like that where it's a business where you want to do that you know because there'd be if you're getting like a bullshit job you're not going to fly across the country to do a job interview right unless like you're going to make a lot of money right right but if you're like to make forty thousand dollars at this job you have to really want to want to actually be involved with it and want to do it. Yeah, I thought that was cool, though, listening to him. And, I mean, on the outside looking in, you only just see Weightlifting House as the YouTube channel. But 
talking about how many different things they struggled with. It's it's cool because I think you can relate to a lot of it when you don't he- usually hear people talking about the struggle. That's the guy with the English accent, right? Mm-hmm. I like him. You should try to get him on the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to eventually. Did you reach out to Corey yet? No, I'm going to do that today too. <laughs> your your to do list is growing. Yeah. No, I got a the next like next two weeks. I have a lot of podcasts lined up. This week, I just didn't want to put too much on the plate because we have the Arnold coming up. So mm-hmm. everything is scheduled out for next week. But I do want to. My goal for this year is to put them out every week. I I know last year I got a little bit lazy with it. There were only a couple weeks though that you didn't put them out. Yeah, and. I mean, the predicament that we've been talking about is like, do you put out content because you want to be consistent, but it's not that good? Or do you wait to put it out? And I think there's, I want to have a combination of both where maybe, maybe it's not like perfect, but I can still get something out there. I think that is better than not putting anything out, but also you don't want to put out garbage. Just yeah. Because I mean, that's what you're out. doing today. I'm a filler. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it having you. I do. I don't know if I would ever have a co-host on this podcast just because I've done it by myself for so long, but I would definitely be open to having a podcast with somebody else where it was like the same person every week and we didn't always have to rely on using guests to talk to people. Yeah. I like co-hosts listening to podcasts when I do listen. I like co-hosts. I was going to ask you a question though. But I can't remember. It's so. it's cool when people have like when people have really good chemistry and you want it, you actually want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Like I the, remember though. Can I ask you the question? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it wasn't really a question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you forgot again. No, I did kind of. Um, it's not really a question. It was like I do know that some people that I follow on Instagram, they are the true people that you just defined, like putting content out that isn't that good, but they're consistent. And I don't like it. Like I have muted so many people recently because they're putting stuff out that I'm just like, why are you doing this stupid reel? Why are you doing this? And like, I, now I feel bad saying stupid. I think it's stupid, but you know, they don't. Um, but it's just like, don't put something out that you're just like, you're, it's a reach and a swing and a miss. You know, we've said that term, like, yeah, that was a that was a miss. But I don't know. I would just rather you not put content out. Like I am not going to be anxiously waiting if somebody posts at 9 a.m. every single day. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see their post. Like who does that? And a lot of times with the algorithm, like people, people won't even see your post for whatever reason. Like it just. Yeah, for, unless it's a real. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know how it works, but there's certain people like. I think the more you, the more you watch people's stories, the more they're going to show up on your feed. Yeah. So if you only say watch 10 people's stories, there's however many people you follow, all of them have stories, but you might never get to them just because you're already going to see those top 10 people that you interact with. Right. And then, okay, you close Instagram or whatever. You never see the other people who have stuff out there. Who's probably sometimes better than what you're seeing. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, we always talk about it on the podcast. I think like you have to use Instagram as a tool. You have to use any social media as a tool to enhance. If it's like taking away from what 
if you're if it's taking away from your life no matter how good it is like to promote your business or to promote whatever you want to promote if it's like taking away from your quality of life is it worth being on there i don't think it is instagram is the new ped <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> performance enhancing drugs i don't get it though for your business okay (laughs) steroids for your business yeah anyway um so for the arnold when where were we recently that i was like oh we were at the green beret project uh competition when you were talking to people just like randomly Mm -hmm. and people came up to you and and asked if you were angelo or something right or maybe they knew who you were yeah i don't know um are you ex- expecting or anticipating to see anybody that you've had on the podcast over the last year at the Arnold? Yeah, there's going to be a couple of people. The, the only thing that sucks is we got to be back for Friday Night Lights. So a lot of the competition, especially like the rogue stage is on Friday, know, which sucks. I know. But uh, the good thing about weightlifting meets is usually people get there the day before at least. So like everybody who's competing on Friday should be there Thursday. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely see a lot of people. If... Honestly, if I had it my way, like I would be anonymous and I would just skate through the venue and no no one would say hi to me. But uh, no, I do like seeing people. Like it's, I think you get a, I get a little bit of anxiety, like walking through, like thinking that people are going to stop me and it never happens. But like, <laughs> like you're a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, uh, I just like want to go to the training hall. I want to do my thing. Yeah. But you like when people as, approach you. Yeah. As soon as I see people, I'm like, Hey, what's up? And then you, you know, you get to talk and, and it, I think the really cool thing about doing the podcast, there's been a ton of people who I've started to follow and you watch their weightlifting. Like I had Daniel Gunnan on the podcast probably two maybe three years ago and i've been watching her and it's, it's like been that long yeah it, it was a long time ago it was probably like episode 80 maybe wow but you should have her back on yeah for sure and ju- she's doing masters nationals right no she's, she's not, not a, oh she's, she's not only 30 right yeah she's gonna That's do right. pan ams oh right but just watching that progression and like becoming a fan of people and i even said um the one girl i had on Leah Irons, she sold her CrossFit gym. I'm not sure if I should be saying that, but she sold her CrossFit gym and is like moving across the country, doesn't know where she's going to end up. And I was like, how cool is it that I had that person on the podcast as opposed to so many people are going to reach out to Matt Frazier and Tia Tomey and like want to, you know, talk to the elite and talk to the outliers. And I want to talk to the outliers who are like doing really cool shit and who might not be the best at their sport, but like are really cool people and just doing interesting things. Mm-hmm. I think that is cool. Like when I found out that she did that and then I also told her that we're going to be in Colorado, which is, which is awesome. So, mm-hmm. you know, just people, I think you find the people that you're meant to find on your path. I agree with that. So this path to the Arnold. Oh boy. <laughs> How do, so like, are there any big people competing at the Arnold or is the Arnold kind of just like one of those things where it's like eh, yeah some people do it what did they cap the athletes at too this year it's it's around a thousand I want to say but that's like almost half of what they did yeah. last year but there's also University Nationals which I think was a couple weeks before the Arnold in I know they had it in 2021 it was in California but I think it was in February so they combined those two so th- there's 900 
ish doing the Arnold and maybe like 200 or 300 doing that. So I think it'll be relatively big, but a lot of the people who are high level are doing Pan Ams. Not a lot of people. There's only, you know, 10 or 15 male and female who are doing them. So I don't know. When uh, are Pan Ams? It's like six weeks away. Mm. So a lot of people who are going to be there aren't going to do the Arnold, rightfully so. I mean, I always... I mean, they could probably use it as a training day. It's always interesting to me, though, how people do heavy meets back-to-back. Like, people did, I want to yeah. say, AO Finals last year, and then did Worlds, like, two weeks later. And wasn't... it was There was a meet, and then there was the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I think Nationals, and then the Olympics was, like... The next month or something. Yeah. I, what's your thoughts on that? Because, like, when, even when I go heavy mentally, I'm done. Like, when I go heavy, the next, the next, I would say probably like a week, I think it's more mental than physical, but I'm like, if I go have a really heavy clean and jerk day, I'm like mentally burnt out. And I can't imagine picking up a heavy weight the next week. See, I think I just am more conservative than you, and I haven't really reached that peak yet where it's like I'm hitting such a high percentage. I mean, technically it's a high percentage, but like, I don't think it's my personal peak. So like my best clean and jerk is 73 kilos. It feels heavy. Anything over 65 to me feels heavy. Um, but like, I don't feel super drained when I'm in top condition, like, and doing 70, like every week or something, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel, it doesn't throw me off that much. What about mentally? Like, do you feel... Say you do. I don't know. I feel like the more I hit it, the more confident I am. So I think I'm just like the opposite of you. Okay. Yeah, it's always interesting to think. I mean, the mental aspect of weightlifting, I think, is so important. And it's funny. I was talking to Lee yesterday at the park. And he was saying, oh, you know, weightlifting is really mental. He's like, it's probably, what, like 50% mental? And I was like, no, I think it's way more than that. And he doesn't know anything about weightlifting. He's just trying to make conversation. But it did really kind of get me thinking about how mental it is of a sport and I mean the best are most of them are going to be the people with the best genetics and the best training and coaches and stuff but I think there's also something that separates them is like they're mentally just tough Mm -hmm. so maybe for me where I'm thinking oh a heavy clean and jerk day gets me mentally burnt out like they can't wait to get into the gym like big Friday every fucking week. Mm-hmm. And they're just throwing around weights and they, they love that. So what are you expecting to hit at the Arnold realistically? <sighs> what do you want to open with? I don't know. And even when people ask me at the gym, like, how are you feeling? Usually on a heavy day, Regina was like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'll let you know in like 15 minutes. I always think about that on snatches, clean and jerk. Usually I can tell. I think as far as numbers wise, I want to be I want to be realistic, but at the same time my realistic might be less than I'm capable of because it's like a it's a balance of I don't want to get injured. So putting 10 or 20 kilos on the bar more than I've touched in training probably isn't the smartest idea. Can I handle it? Probably. But I want to be smart. So I'm thinking 90 to 95 on the snatch and i think open i'd be happy if those were third attempts and i made them Um, so what do you want to open with i don't know 
I put Brittany sent out a form like a Google Doc and I said eighty five one ten would be like the lowest that I want to open with because I think like those are numbers that I've hit pretty consistently. But I honestly, it's so hard to. It, for me, it's snatch is where like clean and jerk. I can put 120, 130, and I'd just be completely fine. I know I'm going to hit it, but with snatch, 80 might feel off. 95 might feel great. Like, I don't know. So I think that's really hard going into me. And, like, I was thinking back to training. I mean, I started training in November and then got serious in December was when started training for this meet, which is a long time to, to put in like specifically with one goal in mind but at the same time like half of it I was doing essentially on one leg like my hamstring was so bad yeah I mean you have to remember too that you took what was it a solid six months off it was about five 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 full months yeah I mean that's a long time to take off and then you expect to come back I think you expected maybe to come back a little quicker than what actually happened yeah I mean I've been really conservative the last three months yeah the first month I went a little bit too heavy and honestly I think it was a little bit of just it was my body telling me like hey weightlifting is not easy I think I got into like I got I had that heavy day with when I did with you and I didn't lift for six months ish and then came in hit 85 and like close to 110 and I was like, oh, this, you know, this weightlifting thing, maybe I'll do, give it another try and like thought it was kind of easy. And then I was hitting weights like pretty quickly, like hitting 80, 85. And then I think my body's like, nah, bro, like this is actually hard and you had to commit to doing this. So yeah, that's where I've been at with, with training. It's always, I mean, it's hard to go into a meet, like not knowing what you're going to be able to do, but at the same time, like I just want to have fun. Yeah. It's going to be a fun, short trip. Yeah. I think for me, the thing I want to practice the most is just like trying not to have any ego because I know there's, there's, <laughs> I think about this a lot, but there's going to be girls who I had on the podcast who are going to lift heavier than I am. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like that's all ego for me to think about. I should be thinking that's awesome. Like, I want you it to is. lift w- yeah. more than me. That's a, a crazy impressive. Um, but, yeah, just kind of, like, letting go of that ego. So if we have to open at 80, hey, we open at 80. And it's like, no one cares. Yeah. I'm going to be excited to see how Brittany um, – I mean, I'm not going to see how she handles 50 athletes, but like how she handles multiple people in one session, like who's going to coach you, who's going to load for you. I'm not going to be able to load for you. (laughs) Well, I think what she said, she likes to have one person loading and helping. And then she, she's going to be the coach of everybody like out on the platform. And I mean, I'm an athlete where I love competing. Like I, if you didn't say anything to me, I'd be totally fine. Like, if you gave me one cue to think about, hey, stay in your heels, okay, cool. Like, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't like Do you the think rah, she's going to give that to you, though? Because you know, you've seen her Instagram videos. Like, she's really hyping these people up, and, like, she's behind them, like, in their ear, like, getting them all psyched. I don't stuff. know. I mean, I, I would, 
I would definitely tell her, like, I'm just not that type of athlete. I think I don't think he would tell her, though. But I think she, <laughs> no, I think she's really emotionally in tune where she can read that in people and, like, see what each person wants. Yeah, and maybe she'll even ask. Like, I would appreciate that. Like, what do you need? Yeah. When you compete, what do you need? Well, she asked that, and I just realized I didn't put, like, anything in the Google Doc. I did you fill it up? Did you already fill it out? Yeah, I mean, oh, I just, you can just edit it. I just talked about openers and stuff, but yeah, I mean, that's, I've always been, even when I played baseball, I was like, didn't talk to anybody on my team during the thing and during games. And it might've looked like I w- didn't care, but I was just focused on what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how I was at the Arnold. Uh, no, yes. Yeah. Arnold last year. Yeah. I think I like being just in my lane so what do you think change because i know you had a string of like pretty rough meets going into that what do you think did you have something where you consciously said i'm going to focus on me this meet or did you have like a mantra how did you go about making changes i don't know i don't really remember i think i put my headphones in for the arnold and i didn't had i didn't wear headphones for like any other meet and i think the headphones just helped me like all right i'm like stay present you know um. Yeah. I mean, how many meets have you done total? Do I don't think? know. My first one was Lehigh Valley. I've done that one twice, though. So that's two. Did the Arnold. I did Philadelphia where I bombed out. And then you did that again. I think I did Philadelphia where I didn't bomb out. And then did Garage Strength. Garage Strength. Seven. Okay. So, I mean, seven meets sounds like a lot, but it's really not much time to learn about yourself as a competitor. Yeah, especially when I've had multiple coaches at all of these different meets. I've never been coached by Jim at a meet, so that'll be... And I don't even know if he's going to be my coach. Like, I have no idea heading into... Well, I don't even know. I don't even know. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) obviously you know um and everybody who follows me on instagram knows but yeah so um masters weightlift this is like hashtag masters (laughs) masters issues i get like so pissed off that people can just warm up barely and like approach the bar and then go like so heavy and they're fine they don't need any gear i need gear to stretch apparently i need a helmet i need knee pads like Give me all of the things. Wrap me in some bubble wrap. Um, no, I was stretching yesterday. Literally stretching over the GHD. So like my feet were in the pillows, locked in, bent over the big pads, head was close to the floor. I was like, oh, this feels not great on my spine, but maybe my spine needs to stretch. Did not need to stretch. It did not. That was the wrong thing for me to do. It just like, I tried to get up and that's when I freaked out because like I couldn't get up. So how do you get your feet out of the GHD? Um, I think it was just pure like will. Like you have to get out. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And I think just like each one, I was just like crying more and more and more. Um, yeah. It just, it hurts so bad. So my back totally seized up. Um, And then what happened was, and like, 
I don't agree with this, but in the moment I was listening to it, like I, I called Everett, you know, and I was like, I think I'm really hurt. Like, and he asked if he should come and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I literally cannot. I couldn't put all of my weight on my feet. I was hunched over. I mean, you found me, so you, you came too, but like I was putting my upper body weight on the pads and my, my feet on the floor had some weight, but I was straddling the GHG machine. So I couldn't, I could knock it up. I couldn't lift my legs. So what was the question or what was I, where was I going with that? No, you were just telling the story of what happened. <laughs> I, I definitely had something in mind. Oh, how did I get my feet out of the pillows? I think I just needed to like get them to the ground. So yeah. Anyway. Oh, this is where I was going with that. Well, um, you know, somebody got in touch with a chiropractor who, who said, oh, it sounds like a slip disc. And of course, when I hear that, I'm panicked. And I was like, how long does that take to heal? Like, what's that process? And then I'm thinking, oh my God, well, like, I don't have health insurance, you know? So I'm like, shit, what is that going to mean? So we do really got to get on the ball with the health insurance thing, <laughs> unfortunately. If we could get a podcast sponsor who does health insurance, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, so... Yeah, when I hear that it could be something so serious and dangerous as a slip disc, because that sounds pretty dangerous to me, um, I just started like freaking out and my body tensed up again because you start breathing faster, your heart rate's faster. Um, and like looking back, none of that should have been said. It Nobody was there with me. Nobody saw, nobody felt anything except me. So after talking to the PT guy that I've been going to for a while, like not a while, but a month. Um, he made some really, really good suggestions as to like what to think about, what not to think about, what to do, sent me stretches immediately, sent me stuff to do. Like he's been amazing. So he was like, I'm a PT and I can't tell you that it sounds like a slip disc chiropractors can't tell you it sounds like a slip disc. Only doctors, medical doctors that you go and you see can tell you that, um, which I do believe. So I don't think it's a slip disc at all. Um, I think my back went into major protection mode um, because I was doing something that it didn't like. And it said, okay, you're not listening. So here you go. Here's all these signals that we have to throw at you to say, stop. So that's what it did. Um, so yeah, now I'm just taking Advil around the clock. I immediately was like, okay, I've, I instantly came to the terms of not doing master's nationals and just using the rest of this year to heal, get stronger, get better, hone in on more technique. Like I was totally fine accepting it. I was sad, but I was like, okay, this comes first. But after talking to Nick and talking to, um, you and just coming to the realization of like, okay, this is probably just a couple days. My, it, nothing happened. Nothing major happened. I'm up and I'm walking today. Couldn't even, you saw me. I couldn't even walk yesterday without two people on either side of me. So yeah, I mean, the body is a weird and amazing thing. So just drinking lots of water, taking the Advil, doing the stretches, using the heating pad, yeah, I think 
and the hardest part in the moment is just slowing your breathing down and like trying not to think about the absolute worst. Yeah. And I felt exactly, I remembered when I started like doing the breathing, I was like, oh my gosh, this feels exactly like when I got in the cold plunge. That's what my breathing was like. It was, it became so sharp and so aggressive. And I was like, I have to slow this down. So it was really good that I did the cold plunge. So I knew that to like take longer exhales. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So it does have some practical application. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, I've had that. Obviously, like you can't know what the same extent of the injury is, but I had that a couple times where just for whatever reason, your back's just like, nope, can't handle this. And for me, it happened with the empty barbell and I was just overhead squatting and, and you said you're not going to panic about doing Masters Nationals. That's about three weeks away. The first thing I did was absolutely panic and pulled <laughs> out of the Arnold in 2020. That's when this happened to me. And I was like, I it was the exact same thing. Like I remember trying to get in the car and I was crying, trying to lift my foot because I couldn't get my foot in the car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no way I'm going to be able to compete. And I think I pulled out that day, even though I'm pretty sure you told me like, maybe we should think about this. And then it ended up being the pandemic and like, was it canceled anyway? It wasn't canceled, but there was no spectators and it, it was just super weird Mm. the way they held it. But, uh, but yeah, I think to anyone, if you have something like that and obviously you need to you might need to see a professional, like they're obviously going to be able to diagnose you, but the worst thing that you can do right off the bat is panic. Yeah. I honestly think like even my friends were saying like embrace the misery right now. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be disappointed and depressed about this and like be really angry and stuff. Like just take the day, take two days to, to feel all of that. I, and I told them like, no, actually what I need to do is be really, really positive about it and be like, okay, I'm going to get better. I'm already feeling so much better compared to yesterday. Tomorrow, I'm going to be way better than today. So like maybe by the time we're in Ohio, Wednesday, maybe Thursday, maybe I'll be able to move an empty barbell. You know, maybe next week I'll be back to lifting. I don't know. So I'm just... I'm hopeful and I'm really like just staying positive because so much of, like you said, weightlifting is so mental. Healing is so mental too. Like if we're beating ourselves down and telling ourselves that we're not going to get better and like, woe is me and why is this happening to me and blah, blah, blah. Like you're not going to get better. So I have a really, really positive outlook on it. And I, I really do think that I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I think that's really good advice to people. And I mean, when you have, so, I mean, you can never set a date on your calendar and, you know, never have an event coming up. And then you're just always, if something happens, you don't really have any skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't really matter. Oh, I got injured. Well, I didn't have anything coming up anyway. I think just signing up for a meet and knowing that you have this date on the calendar, it does get stressful. So when something happens, especially this close to it, it's easy to think, you know, I'm not going to be able to compete or maybe the numbers I want to hit aren't going to be there. But at the same time, like you got to think you've hit the numbers that you want to hit in training already. You've already put in that work. So for you, the best thing that you can do right now is be positive, heal it up not do anything that's going to cause you too much pain and then see where you go. Yeah. 
And it's like, what's what's the worst that happens? You you skip the meet and you do the next one. Yeah, exactly. So I think even we were watching the UFC last night and the main event got canceled. One guy got sick and it happens. Yeah. Elite athletes, professional athletes who you would think have everything dialed in. Sometimes they get to the day of the competition and they're like, can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the back is the worst, and I I do feel for you. I know yesterday was really rough. Cause yeah, here you are. Yesterday was so rough, but let me take some pictures of you and send them to my friends. <laughs> yeah, we can't come to the brew pub tonight because you know Dana's laying on the floor. <laughs> I was tr- with my mushroom blanket. <laughs> it was funny when I was trying to uh, make light of the situation. I was trying to like ask you different questions. I forget when we were on the phone when I was coming and. Uh, one question I asked you, you're just like, no. What did I say? <laughs> I don't even remember what the question was, but I like asked, asked about something and you're like, no, that's not helping at all. Mm, I can't remember. <laughs> but I, I loved when you came out with the fucking toaster strudels though, out of the freezer. <laughs> when you came in the gym, I was like, yeah, in the back room, go through here, go in that door. There's a freezer, grab an ice pack and you come out with toaster strudels. <laughs> that was only what was in the freezer. <laughs> but I... It hurt to laugh so bad, and Margie was like there laughing, and I was like, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> oh, it is the absolute worst. But yeah, glad glad you're on the upswing. I think you obviously have the right mindset about it, and you can have. I think you can have like the the wrong. Come on, dude. He's he's like. Oh, I know they're almost finished. <laughs> we always get interrupted. So for context, for all the audio listeners, the only listeners, cause <laughs> I don't have video, but there comes a point in the podcast where our dog just wakes up and he's like, all right, time to be done your podcast. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at. So I think this was good to kind of talk about the Arnold and get it out there. Hopefully I'm coming back and saying I hit some bigger numbers and yeah. hopefully in a couple of weeks you do well at masters nationals and you know more importantly are feeling healthy i think and we did sit in the sauna for like 30 minutes today which i think was really helpful yeah that was good even though i didn't sweat i was drenched (laughs) yeah i've been really enjoying the sauna what i've been doing too is the wim hof breathing i have um i'll post a link in the description if anybody wants to check it out but it's just it's like a nine minute recording on spotify that just goes through it's like 30 deep breaths and then a minute to a minute and a half breath hold so i've been doing that and then hitting the sauna and been feeling really good so that's been uh my routine lately but yeah i think uh i think that's good stopping point i appreciate everyone listening um if you are at the arnold and you listen to this come say hi um yeah that'd be cool yeah I'd love to talk to people after I said I don't want to see anybody, but I, I definitely do. I think you always do once like I get to the venue and then it's like you start, you talk to you one get in person. You the zone, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's cool. It is, I really like going into a meet, like not taking it super seriously. I can't imagine being like a really high level lifter and having all that stress of going into it, like knowing you're competing against people and you have to hit this certain number to where like, I can just walk in the venue and be like, Hey, what's up guys. And then hopefully I'll lift some heavyweights and then we're going to leave. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's all it is. It's going to be fun. And then we'll have to watch a bunch of people on Saturday online. Yeah. 
I'll be watching. I always watch. It's it's really cool because I'll like watch throughout the weekend, and then the people who I enjoy watch competing, I'm, I'm always asking them on the podcast. So yeah. I think we'll get some new people, maybe get some returning guests to compete. I think uh, there's probably going to be like at least 10 or 15 who I've had on the podcast who lift throughout the weekend. Cool. So that'll be really cool. But uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Always appreciate the support. The Substack is uh, that'll be linked up in the description, and then Instagram at Better Than Yesterday Pod. That's almost bigger than my personal page now. So I don't know what I'll do, but maybe I'll delete my personal page after that one gets bigger. But um, I don't enjoy Instagram, but I do enjoy like interacting with people and people following along, supporting the podcast. I always appreciate that. So. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week.